What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. I know this is a day or two late depending on how soon I can get this edited and posted, but um, yeah, holidays were nuts, man. I had to travel 26 hours to go see some family and yeah, I'm not really ready to fly yet and I know with the pandemic, travel is a big question mark even from the get-go and yeah i made sure that i was doing my due diligence and i got tested along the way uh, rapid testing along with some normal testing i got tested a few times just to make sure because we were seeing everybody and it, it was a weird christmas and holiday season because we had to keep our distances and there were some people that didn't get hugs and, and things like that it was just different it was weird and I, I i'm wondering if we'll ever come back to a sense of normalcy and and honestly on to 2021 and you know some better days and better years hopefully but uh but anyways let's not dive into the politics of that and let's just dive into this week's podcast and that's with uh kevin vermark kevin vermark's american cyclist that just signed with teen subweb which is now known as team dsn we chat about how weird that is going to be to start saying and uh, make sure we get a handle of along with that we chat about his win at the redlands classic which i think was in 2018 where him and sean quinn were just a dynamic duo and just pretty much smashed that race and uh, yeah, we, we chat about that and then we dive into what it's like signing to a world tour team in the middle of a pandemic. Like, how did that even come about? Like, how do they even know that you're still on form and still even relevant for that matter? So we chat about that. What did that look like? And how did that communication go, et cetera? And, and, and kind of, you know, what fears that honestly brought into the eyes of some of these young U23 guys who hope to put some of their results out this year to get signed and, and maybe didn't have an opportunity to do so. So what are, what are these athletes doing to make that thing happen? But anyways, enough of me chatting and enough of me talking. Let's go, go ahead and dive into the episode. This episode is brought to you by Spot. Guys, I've crashed way more times than I would like to admit, but it wasn't until recently when I was without health insurance that the crash really affected my life. I got stuck with a $5,000 medical bill because I had a deductible with the secondary insurance that I was using, which is a long, long, crazy story. But anyways, long story short, I was stuck with a $5,000 medical bill because that was the deductible. And honestly, if I knew about Spot, I would have totally been covered. Spot has no deductible and is a monthly subscription and can be canceled at any time. Time. Spot works with you whether you have health insurance or not. While Spot works with and covers many cyclists and mountain bikers, Spot policy covers you 24-7 worldwide. Whether you're ripping a crit, skiing a black diamond, chopping your food up in the kitchen, or even hiking Mount Everest. And which is great because I just bought a pair of skis and I'm on my way to head out to the mountains and luckily I will be covered by Spot this go around. So anyways, if you guys want to check out more about Spot, all you have to do is go to croom.getspot.com. That is croom.getspot.com. That's C-R-O-O-M dot getspot.com. You could also just check them out in the link in the description below. And uh, yeah, let's get back to the episode. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Van Chats. I'm sitting with Kevin Vimarca from the U.S. Um, he actually just recently signed a Team Sunweb, which is now going to Team DSM. Uh, so they're doing some rebranding and all that craziness. But anyways, Kevin, how you doing, dude? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was I was really stoked to get you on. I know we've been like trying to plan this out for quite some time. I've been like super busy. You've been super busy. Um, but finally we've made this freaking happen. And, uh, really the reason why I wanted to get you on is cause I've heard about you. Uh, you're a great cyclist. You're an amazing cyclist here in the U S but I feel like with a lot of the cyclists in the U S if you're not doing something 
crazy and totally off the cuff right now, you're not getting enough recognition. So I want to introduce you to our listeners and I want to get to know you um, and kind of where it all started. So let's just dive into, you know, your background in cycling, you rode for action, but where did it all start? How did it all happen? Let's go. Yeah, for me, it all started on the mountain bike. Um, my dad was a big cyclist growing up. He uh, grew up in South Africa, but his family was from Belgium. So road cycling was huge in the family. Um, so when he was junior, he was going to Belgium and racing on the road. Um, he actually did a lot of track. He uh, went to the world championships in 1991 in Colorado Springs oh, right. um, and got a silver medal in the individual pursuit. Um, and then when he got to under 23, obviously that was a time um, when a lot of doping was going on and, um, you know, he just, he, he just didn't really have it in the end. Um, but yeah, cycling was a big part of his life. And so growing up, I'd always go on mountain bike rides with him on the weekends. And, um, I started to get into mountain bike racing and, uh, yeah, it all started from there. I eventually got onto the road when I was like 15, 16. Um, and then, yeah, junior, junior, 17, 18 years, it really, I focused on the road a little bit more and then finally made the full transition um, once I became under 23. Yeah. Who did you ride for? Like what teams? Cause like, I think guys like come from like hot tubes now, Lux, like there's so many yeah. crazy development teams. Like how did you end up on action? Yeah. I, so I rode for Lux. Um, okay. There's, there's two big teams, hot tubes and Lux are the two main ones. Um, so when I first got into road cycling, Lux was like a local SoCal team, pretty yeah. small. I mean, they had a lot of support, but, it was this local team run by Roy Nickman um, and I'd always see him at the races and we kind of built that connection. And um, when I, when I got to be a junior, he said, you know, why don't you come join the team? And at that point they became a little bit more like national. They brought on more national riders from Colorado back East. Um, it it kind of expanded to more than just a Southern California team. Um, and yeah, Lux was the perfect place to, to ride for as a junior. I mean, they, they went to Europe. They had the best support. I mean, you go to these junior races and we have like all these wheels, spare bikes, these tents set up, trainers. Yeah. And it's like, you feel like you're on a pro team almost. So uh, to, to get that chance as a junior was uh, a, a big help. No, yeah, I, I've been lucky enough to ride with some of those kids on Lux. I don't think I've ever met Roy, but uh, um, yeah, like just seeing the way those kids are decked out and the support, the level of support is unreal. So it's, it's great to have teams like Lux and Hot Tubes around to provide that support and kind of give that pathway to guys like you. And so that mm -hmm. kind of brings us into, you know, signing to the world tour. Like, how did that come about? Um, you had a pretty decent season in 2019. And yeah, good. Yeah. So 2019 was the uh, first year on action, my first year under 23. Um, and going going into the year, I really had no idea what to expect. I mean, there was some big names on uh, on action, like Mikkel Bjerg, three-time world champion, Ian Garrison, um, Johnny Brown, U.S. national champion. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect, but uh, we did some big races, and I was kind of went into the season with the mindset of um, – you know, hoping to learn, learn from those guys, but also if I got my chance and I try to take it and capitalize on it. Um, and yeah, my first race was Redlands and right away, um, Sean Quinn and I, who actually, he was on Lex as well. We both came onto the team at the same time. Um, 
you know, right away we, we went first and fifth on the time trial and then the next day I won. And, uh, you know, right away we kind of got thrown into that team leadership role. Um, and I was kind of able to carry that through the season and go into some of the bigger races as with more of a leadership role, I would say, and more of my own chances. Um, and it paid off. Yeah, I won uh, under 23 Liège. And then I had some good rides at Tour of Yorkshire and Tour of Utah. Um, and a couple other good results that made, uh, yeah, 2019 a good year for me. And yeah, that's where all the doors really started to open up. Yeah. Like that's unreal. Like under 23 Liege, like, um, you know, with, so I've done it like the, the, the closest I've come to an event like that is like doing a six day, um, mm-hmm. you know, and in Europe and, and things like that. And the under 23s are nuts because it's yeah. like people are willing to give their left arm to just get a chance just to get looked at. And mm-hmm. so like, it kind of has me wondering like what's under 23 Liège like, is it just complete pandemonium and chaos like from the gun or is there, is there a few guys in there that are like, Hey, let's chill out. Everybody, you guys got to know your place, you know, like let's, let's, let's kind of settle down. Cause it, there's, there's that camaraderie I think in the pro Peloton that we all kind of know about like where people kind of, tame the teams down and there's even that camaraderie in the u.s i mean we're starting to kind of lose it because we're losing some of those bigger pro teams like united healthcare rally etc mm-hmm. like to, to to shepherd those groups but what's what's u23 liege like because you got national teams and all kinds of people coming in for that yeah I, I definitely say it's a fine balance between like junior racing and pro racing because obviously you have guys i was 18 at the time so 18 year olds all the way up to 22 year olds um, and then you also have guys who are, you know, maybe have already signed to the world tour, they're going to the world tour, um, and they're more mature, they have more experience. And then you also have the younger guys who maybe don't know what they're doing. Um, and then, like you said, you have those guys that are right on the edge and, you know, they just need one more result and they're willing to risk anything. So I think yeah. it's a little bit of a balance between that, like controlled pro style of racing, but at the same time, um, still really aggressive and you know there there are definitely kids that uh, don't get the memo on uh, <laughs> how the race is going but uh yeah i'd say it's a, a fine compromise between the two sweet yeah yeah because so so what does that have like how does that have your mindset going into i mean because you you obviously have to be a great bike rider right mm-hmm. but it's almost like you have to start over i think I was watching something on EF pro education where they were, they were talking about like some of the older guys that are shepherding some of the young guys in where, you know, they're great bike riders, but it's just a whole new world because you're, you're kind of inserting yourself into a whole new group of people and a whole new group of experience. And you kind of have to, you have to write your story all over again in this group of people and first impressions matter. So what, what's kind of your mindset going into 2021? Um, you know, let's say barring no COVID like, mm-hmm. and you're racing again, what, what's kind of your mindset? I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting year and yeah, hopefully everything, you know, goes, can get back to normal pretty soon. But, um, you know, I, I met the team last, I met team Sunweb last year in December and went to a training camp with them. So I, I kind of have a feel for how the team works. Um, and I know quite a few of the guys and I feel pretty comfortable with them. Um, and honestly, I think it's easy to maybe get like too. It can seem pretty daunting, I guess, stepping up to the world tour. But um, at the same time, I've done quite a few pro races now with, you know, world tour guys, and 
you know, at the end of the day, everyone has two legs and they have to pedal the same. So yeah, yeah. Um, I just think back to when I stepped up from the juniors to action, it was kind of the same thing. Like it seemed a little bit daunting, but um, you know, I, I just had faith in myself and I knew what I could do. And um, it turned out to be a really positive experience right away. So I'm hoping to do the same thing next year. So this, so this DSM or team some web contract has pretty much been in the talks for like a year. And, and, and you go to this, you go to the, and correct me if I'm wrong. And so you go to this training camp, you try it out, you get a feel for it. Like, is it pretty much like, Hey, we got a contract for you in 2021. Or is it like, yo, you have to hit these benchmarkers, you know, February, March, April, May, June, July, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And then we'll have that conversation in October. Well, what was that like? So what was that process like, especially in COVID? You just signed a world tour contract during COVID um, where, you know, teams are folding, teams are coming back. Is racing going to happen? What, what's going on? So what was that like? Yeah, it's crazy how it all worked out, actually. I, after, so after last season um, in October and November, um, you know, I had a little, some interest from world tour teams and I actually ended up going to a Sunweb camp in December and the quick step camp in January. Okay. Um, so I'd say they're pr- two pretty different teams, but I was kind of able to get a feel for both of them and see how they worked and, you know, kind of see how I would fit into both of them. Um, and yeah, I had, I really liked what I saw at Sunweb and, you know, I felt like that would be the best fit for me. Um, and then, yeah, I pretty much had the opportunity to sign. I ended up signing in February, beginning of February. And at the time I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe I should wait a little bit. Like, you know, the contract will be there. Maybe I should, you know, wait, see how my season goes. Maybe maybe I'll have a fantastic season and, you know, we can, we can see what happens. But I ended up saying, you know, it's a three-year contract. I, the security of it really appealed to me. And I felt like that was a really good team for me. Um, so I ended up signing in February. And then, yeah, obviously we know how everything went from there. I think it was yeah. about a month later that things just completely shut down. And yeah, I was pretty thankful I got that uh, wrapped up pretty early. That's freaking nuts. So what do you think? Yeah. What do you think would have happened if you didn't sign that contract? You'd be. Um, I think, I think it probably wouldn't have changed anything in the end, but there yeah. definitely would have been a few months there where I would have been, uh, would have been shit in my pants, but luckily, yeah. luckily it all came through. <laughs> Yeah, that's nuts, man. Yeah, like just thinking about that. And so, and you, I mean, let's let's dive into to like a little bit of of the rider that you are. Like, uh, giving our listeners like what what is what is your goals? I guess you know, three year contract with DSM or Team Subweb. Um, like, what kind of rider are you? Are I mean, especially after watching Sunweb at the tour, like mm-hmm. it not that they came out of nowhere, but it, it kind of is like they did. I mean, with Mark Hershey, yeah. a couple stage wins, like it was insane. Like usually, I mean, with teams just chasing stage wins, they, they were probably the most dominant team when it came down to that. So mm-hmm. what kind of rider are you and are you tr- expected to be, I guess, for a DSM? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I'm still trying to figure that out a little bit myself. As a junior, I liked races that had more climbing in them. Um, and then as an under 23 also, um, I was a decent climber, probably more like an Ardennes Classics type climber, like 10 to 15 minute climbs really suit me. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like this year, I did Tour de Lane, which was a just pure climbing race with a lot of the guys that went to the Tour de France. And I mean, when if you think you're a pure climber, they, your odds are you're probably not. 
You got um, humbled. But yeah. yeah, definitely got humbled. But um, yeah, I think over the next three years, I kind of want to try like a variety of races, maybe do some more pure climbing races, some classics. Um, but I think like the Ardennes classics, Liège, Amstel Gold, like the world championships is usually a course that always suits me. Um, so yeah, I kind of want to, I want to be that rider like a Hershey or an Alaphilippe. It's kind of opportun- opportunistic and kind of no matter what the course is, they can, they can just take advantage of the situation and, and read the race and capitalize on it. That's awesome. So, I mean, and I, I know this is going to probably be a hard question to answer and if, if you could even answer it at all. Um, but like, has there been talks of what your schedule is going to look like or what they're, what the team's goals are for you? Like, are, are they, they planning on sending you to classics? Are they planning on sending you even to a grand tour your first year? Like what's, what's the chats on that? Yeah, nothing's set in stone at the moment, but uh, in the next week or two, actually, we're having uh, all the meetings with the coaches and the trainers to plan out the year and, um, and, and dial everything in. But yeah, I, I think I'll, I'll get a chance at a few big races and, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm really, I'm hoping, I think the best thing for me would be to try to get quite a few race days. Mm-hmm. Obviously this year got cut short and the previous year, um, I think I did about 33 race days. So I think if I could do like 50 to 60 race days and kind of build up that volume, that would, would be the best case scenario. Just kind of getting you, just throw you in there and see, see how you handle it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right on. Right on. So is there anybody on the team that you've already kind of, uh, I guess, buddied up with or like the chat with or, or that you're looking up to, I guess, more or less for just feedback and conversation. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's obviously Chad Hogg is an American, uh, yeah. an American on Sun web. And then also Corinne Rivera, uh, she, she lives in SoCal probably like 20, 30 minutes away from me. Oh, okay. Um, so I'll see her out on the group ride sometimes. Um, but then Sun web's also a really young team. I mean, I, yeah. I think they're definitely, they're the youngest, team on average by far um and so a lot of the guys that I've raced in the past two or three years are I know on the team so um I have that connection already and then just going to the camp in December I kind of was able to build some more connections so it definitely doesn't feel like I'm going to a completely new team where I don't know anybody oh that's good man well that's 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 cool so um I guess diving into you know goals for the next you know three years like what what's a goal of yours or a race that you you know that you want to do well whether it's worlds or you know or if it's you know you're just like hey man I don't even know but like what are your goals I guess you know where where is Kevin going to be three years from today kind of thing yeah my definitely my biggest goal is just to make an impact I mean especially this year you've seen the younger riders um doing well I mean Pogachar won the tour at 21 Bernal I think was 21 too Hershey's young um and you got have the guys like Evan and Paul that are doing well. And so I really want to try and, you know, make an impact right away. And um, next year is, I think the under 23 worlds course will suit me really well. So I definitely want to try and win that. Um, and if, then if you're in the world tour, you can still race under 23 worlds. Yeah. Yeah. You can still race under 23 worlds, but if you do elite worlds then you can't go back and do under 23 worlds. Ah, okay. um, so next year would probably be my, I think I could do under 23 worlds for two more years, but probably next year would be my um, last attempt and the course suits me pretty well. So I'd want to try that. Um, And then definitely in the bigger, like Liège or Amstel, um, get the experience in those races. And then hopefully within a a year or two or three, I'll be, uh, I'll be at the level that I can be competing for the podiums at those races. 
Right on, man. That, that that's so impressive. And 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 like I said, like before we even started the podcast, like one of the one of the things I really like about you is that like not many people know about you, I guess, in the sense of like you're not, you know, it's 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 not like bright and you're not like this big flashy US writer, but you're going to the world tour. And then like when we planned this podcast, an article came out about you from Bella News is like one of the riders that is probably gonna interrupt the world tour in 2021. And I, and I kind of see that because it was almost like last year you interrupted Redlands and you, mm-hmm. you even said it, you were like, yeah, I just found myself one day in this leadership role. It's like, I had a good race. And then the next thing you know, I'm, I'm a leader and I just kind of had to figure it out. So what are your thoughts on that? Have you seen that article about that, that came out about yeah, you? Yeah. I, I, yeah. My dad sent it to me. Actually, I did read it. Yeah. So what, what's your, what's your thoughts on that, man? Like, uh, uh, because like just from the basic conversation I've had with you, you're a pretty humble dude. You're pretty, pretty to yourself, and 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 you just let your legs do the talking, like you said earlier. But yeah, what's your yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean it's interesting, especially these days. I feel like you know if if you're getting media, it's probably not for the best reasons. Yeah, um, yeah. But so maybe maybe it's a good thing. But yeah, I mean I I guess I don't you know do that much talking or that much posting, but. Um, I'm really confident in myself and what I can do. And um, I think eventually if you just keep putting in that work and the results come then uh, yeah, they'll speak for themselves, but you know, I'm just really focused on uh, working hard and um, just continuing to grow and, and hopefully next year already I can uh, yeah, continue to build that name for myself and uh, just do what I know I can do. Yeah, man. No, that's, it's, it's so cool. And like, I, and I hope you, get nothing but success and and you do interrupt the world tour i think i think the u.s is is definitely lacking that and needing that because like i mean another guy that i think is not talked about enough is will barda like i Mm -hmm. mean for him to go out and do what he did what at the vuelta i believe um Mm -hmm. was was super impressive and even chad haga like i feel like he's not talked about enough there's there's a lot of those athletes that i think kind of keep to themselves they're big time workhorses of the teams um but like Chad Haig is several top tens, even podiums and in, in time trials. Like, I mean, uh, Ian Garrison's another one of those guys that I feel like is not talked about enough, who hopefully we'll have on the podcast here soon. Um, Georgia guys who so were pretty close, but um, um, like close in distance. I don't know them all too, too well. We got a race a little bit together, but yeah, I think, I think it's super cool. Like the, the U S guys that are coming up. So I'm, I'm super glad that you came on. Um, one more question though, just before, before I let you go, I know it's uh, getting late over there. You probably need some food. Did a long ride today. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, if you could have coffee with one individual, dead or alive, who would that be? And how would you take your coffee? If you, if you don't drink coffee, that's totally cool. But um, they can, <laughs> no, I definitely drink. drink coffee. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, but there, there's some cyclists that are way against it. It's, it's very random, but uh, it happens. But yeah, who, who would you have that cup of coffee with? And how would you take your coffee and why? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, my friend and I, I saw this question. I was thinking about it for a while. My friend and I were talking about it this morning on our ride. Yeah. Um, I think if I could have coffee with someone, it'd definitely be uh, probably Conor McGregor. I think Whoa, he's, all he's, right. probably, he's probably one of my idols. So really, I just want to, I would just want to see like that savage mentality. It just like, that's something I really admire and how you can just like switch on and just get so in the zone and just like become a killer. So yeah, I'd, I'd want to, I'd want to see like how he operates day to day and you know, his mindset and just how he works really. 
that's hilarious because I feel like you two are the, the most opposite people, at least just from this conversation. I don't know you that well, but like, I don't see you like prouncing around like before a ride, just like, oh yeah, it's game time. Like, I don't, I don't really see that in you, but I, I think it's pretty interesting that that's, that's a guy that you look up to or you would want to have coffee with. Yeah, I think that that's just kind of the mindset you have to have if you want to, I mean, I think like across the board in all sports, like just the pure winners, they have that mindset of, you know, all or nothing really, you know, do yeah, or yeah. die. So I, I admire that. Sweet. So how would you take your coffee? We, there's this cafe near us where we're doing this training camp at the moment, actually. And they have a yeah. coffee called a golden state. And it's like, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's like a coffee with turmeric in it. Huh. And it's really good. And I, I'm on, I've been on that lately. So I, I'd say uh, a golden state coffee with turmeric. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. Well, that's awesome. Well, before I, 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 good. I, I, I was just going to say, I'd, I'd recommend you try it. It sounds weird, but it's pretty No, good. no, that actually does sound pretty good. So before I let you go, though, uh, you mentioned a training camp. So who, who are you training with and, and what, what's that camp look like? Because I've seen pictures and it looks like you've got some either up and coming guys or guys that are already in the world tour out there. So who, who are you training with and, and what's, the, what's the camp looking like right now? Yeah, we've been out in the uh, Santa Monica Mountains now for a couple of weeks. Um, I'm training with uh, some of my friends, Quinn Simmons, uh, Andrew Bulmer and Richard Holick. We've been out here um, putting in some some base season training and yeah the weather's good the roads are good and uh they're good friends so it's been a good camp right on man well we wish you nothing but the best man and uh like i said man i i thank you so much for coming on and i really do think you will interrupt the world tour if not this year within the coming years um and who knows you'll probably wake up one morning and have that leadership role on dsm or whatever team is lucky to have you But again, thanks so much for jumping on. Uh, Guys, if you haven't already, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. And uh, in the description below, we'll have Kevin's uh, social media as well as uh, uh, Team DSM or Team Sumweb, as they were formerly known. Uh, Their social media will be down in the description below. Other than that, guys, thanks.